1: Away we go. Episode 304 of the Al Galdi podcast. It is Sunday, May 1st, 2022. Yes, we are here together on a Sunday. A new week in a new month, but a Sunday installment of the Al Galdi podcast. This does that happen often, but this is happening today. Uh, well, assuming that you're listening to this on Sunday, but this is a very special and also special installment of the Al Galdi podcast, a commander's draft special of rounds two through seven of the 2022 NFL draft. This is, in fact, an emergency. Episode of the Al Galdi Podcast. An emergency pod. But I did tell you on Friday show, episode 303, that this emergency show was coming. So this is a scheduled emergency installment of the Al Galdi Podcast. The only thing more urgent than an emergency episode of the podcast is a scheduled emergency episode of the podcast. Uh this entire show will feature in-depth reaction to, thoughts on, and analysis of what our Commanders did in rounds two through seven of the now-completed 2022 NFL Draft, including the many significant things that Commanders Head Coach Ron Rivera and Commanders General Manager Martin Mayhew said in press conferences on Friday night And on Saturday, always know this podcast plays for you key commanders audio and key commanders audio at length. So you get the full context and breadth of what is said. Uh, We have a lot to unpack, including, of course, the selection of a quarterback. Yeah, the commanders, the comms, the durs they took a quarterback in this draft. Sam Howell, Sam I am, come on down. The North Carolina quarterback taken by the Commanders on Saturday in the fifth round of the draft. Let's just address this right now. When will the cries for Sam Howell to start over Carson Wentz begin? October, September, August? Like, when am I going to do my first segment on why Sam Howell should start over Carson Wentz? I'm not sure, but I got to start planning that. I got to schedule that. Uh, But next segment, we will dive headfirst into the Commanders drafting a quarterback in Sam Howell. Uh, Spoiler alert, I am a fan of the Commanders having done this. Uh, Was this a good draft? for the Commanders. Well, there were some things that I really liked, like taking Sam Howell, like the trades. Uh there also though was what happened on Friday night. Uh not that I like despise who the Commanders took on Friday night, but the shall we say positional values and the values of taking those players where the Commanders took those players wasn't exactly the greatest, okay? I mean, when a player says that his agent told him to expect to go in the third or fourth round, and the player instead was taken by the team in the second round, I don't know, seems to me that that's less than ideal. But I will talk at length about the commanders taking Alabama interior defensive lineman federian Mathis in the second round, and Alabama running back Brian Robinson Jr., in the third round including what the commanders drafting Mathis means for Duran Payne and what the commanders drafting Robinson means for Antonio Gibson and I'll discuss the rest of the commanders 2022 draft picks including Nevada tight end Cole Turner the commanders took him on Saturday in the 5th round wait until you hear what Ron Rivera on Saturday said about Cole Turner. Cole Turner just might be Ron Rivera's new favorite player. Ron was gushing about Turner. Uh, NFL draft grades already are coming in. ESPN NFL draft analyst Mel Kuyper Jr. has given the Commanders a B- minus for their 2022 draft. Uh, like I said, I think that the two trades That the commanders made were good. The overdrafting of Fidarian Mathis and Brian Robinson Jr. do not look so good, but those guys could be good players for the commanders. I'll say this too I am more and more liking the selection of Jahan Dotson in the first round. Uh, Dotson really comes off well. The guy does catch everything. How about the fact that Dotson walks around with a football all of the time? So that he can constantly practice catching and holding onto the football. How do you like that? I mean, is that not like an extremely likable thing for a guy on whom you just spend a first round pick? Uh, you can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me the Algaldi Podcast at Yahoo.com. Email from Brent Anderson in Northeast DC on the Commander's Draft. Writes Brent. In round one, we got a guy who we thought might go in round two. In round two, we draft a guy who reported his agent told him it would be rounds three or four. Then in round three, we got a running back whose consensus absolute ceiling was where we drafted him. Al, you're the analytics guy. Explain how drafting all of our guys higher than general consensus, parentheses, Jamin Davis, Dwayne Haskins, is good value. You could say that maybe our board is right and the rest of the teams are wrong. That makes sense for one player, maybe two. I think when it happens time after time after time and your answers are different than everyone else's, they're the wrong answers. I'll go positive one day, I promise. Uh, thank you for the email, Brent. Email from Mike P on the Commander's Draft. Writes, Mike, to me, Don Ron went more for need Than BPA. Uh, Mike, I agree with you on that. Certainly, with what happened on Friday night, I think those were definite need picks. The commanders definitely viewed those two positions, interior defensive line and running back, as needs. Other picks, though, in this draft, like, say, Jahan Dodson, like, say, Sam Howell, uh, I think were more BPA picks than those picks were need picks. I think that those picks were more best player available picks then those picks were need picks. Uh, Continues, Mike, with losing Tim Settle and Matt Ioannidis, getting Fiderian Mathis was a good pick. The team moves its defensive linemen around a lot, and Mathis brings good depth with maybe some injury concern to both Antonio Gibson and J.D. McKissick, along with Gibson's fumbling problem, snagging Brian Robinson Jr. in the third was a steal for me. He was my favorite running back in the draft. I watch a lot of SEC football being a Florida Gators fan, and Robinson is a beast, possibly the best ball carrier on the team right now. Percy Butler is super fast and is a really good tackler. Getting Sam Howell in the fifth round is great value. I figured that the Commanders would get a quarterback in this draft. Played with Diami Brown. I really like that pick. If Carson Wentz doesn't work out, you have the potential replacement. A few years sitting and learning could be really good for him, if anything. Cole Turner is a really good red zone threat. I give our draft a B. I'm overall happy. Well, Mike, you and Mel Kuiper Jr. are essentially in concert, so you have good company. Well, this is a special Sunday installment of the Al Galdi podcast, for which there is a new episode every weekday, out oh so early, out by the 5 a.m. hour, and often out even earlier Than that. Uh, And this special Commanders Draft episode of the Al Goldie Podcast is brought to you by Kellen Hunt. You know, one of the Commanders' seventh round picks in the 2022 draft was Oklahoma State Corner Christian Holmes. If only buying homes in the Washington, D.C. area was as easy as drafting Christian Holmes. Uh, Homes in the D.C. area, as you surely know, are expensive, and the competition for homes in the D.C. area can be fierce. That's why if you're looking to buy a home in the D.C. area, you should go with Kellen Hunt as your real estate agent. Did you know that in Chevy Chase, Maryland, 66% of homes are sold within 10 days of being listed? On Capitol Hill, 60% of homes listed are sold in 10 days or less. In Georgetown, 43% of sales thus far this year have been cash transactions. Kellen Hunt will guide you through the process of buying a home that is right for you. My man Kel understands what it's like out there right now. Uh, Kellen Hunt is a real estate agent for real people. He puts the real back in real estate. Whether you are a first-time buyer looking for guidance, whether you are part of a young family that needs space to grow, whether you are an empty nester ready to retire, Kellen Hunt will guide you through the process of buying a home. Uh, you need someone who understands the market and who can match you with a home that meets your needs. Because what real estate truly is about is you, your needs, your dreams, finding the right place for you. Kellen Hunt understands this. And Kellen Hunt isn't just a realtor. He's a young entrepreneur. He's a father. He's a husband. He's a homeowner himself. He's smart, creative, and above all, Kellen Hunt gets it. Plus, Kel will put a portion of his commission back in your pocket. Yes, you, the buyer, get a piece of the action. Kellen Hunt knows what buyers like you are facing, and he wants to help. So here's what you do: go to closeitwithkel.com. That's closeitwithkel, kel dot and book a call with Kellen Hunt to discuss your real estate needs. Uh, make sure that you tell Kel. That Algaldi sent you. That website again is closeitwithkel.com. That's closeitwithkel.com. And tell your friends, your cousins, your aunties, your coworkers, tell everyone you know who's buying a home to book an introductory call with Kellen Hunt at closeitwithkel.com and see what Kellen Hunt can do for you. If you're trying to buy a home in the Washington, DC area, you will do well by going with Kel. Visit closeitwithkel.com and tell Kel that Al Galdi sent you. All right, don't forget to give the podcast a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Do not forget to write a brief one or two-cent review on Apple Podcasts saying how much that you like the podcast and thank you very much for doing those things. Uh so for weeks I on this podcast said that I did not want the Commanders having traded for Carson Wentz to preclude them from taking a quarterback in the 2022 NFL draft. I wanted the Commanders open to taking a quarterback In the 2022 draft. I did not want the commanders to force the selection of a quarterback. In other words, if the commanders didn't really like any of the quarterbacks in this draft, then I did not want the commanders to take any of the quarterbacks in this draft. But if the commanders did like any of the quarterbacks in this draft, I did not want them having traded for Carson Wentz to make them feel like they couldn't take any of these quarterbacks in the 2022 draft. The position of quarterback is too important. And the commanders have too much uncertainty at the quarterback position for them to just pass on a quarterback who they like in an NFL draft just because they have made this trade for Carson Wentz. Wentz is a potential answer at quarterback for the commanders. I hope that he proves to be the answer, but he is not a definite answer at quarterback for the commanders. And nobody who has followed the Carson Wentz situation can tell you with a straight face that he is a definite answer at quarterback for the Commanders. And this idea that the Commanders couldn't take a quarterback in the 2022 draft because that would upset Carson Wentz because he got upset during his time with the Philadelphia Eagles when they drafted Jalen Hurts. And Carson Wentz got upset during his time with the Eagles over Nick Foles winning a Super Bowl while Carson Wentz was recovering from his torn left ACL. I'm not interested in Carson Wentz's feelings, okay? I'm not interested in Corsi-Warsi's feelings, okay? Um, This idea of, oh, he'll become uncomfortable, or, oh, this will mess with his mind. Okay, please, if that's really how he is, if he's that soft, then he's not the commander's answer at quarterback to begin with. And I'd like to think that Carson Wentz isn't that soft, or if he was that soft, that he's no longer that soft, that he is heartening as time goes on here. He should be, okay? He's talented enough to where he shouldn't care who the commanders take in the NFL draft. Uh, the 2022 NFL draft was not a good draft for quarterbacks in terms of how NFL teams perceived those quarterbacks. Uh, that now is as clear as can be. Just one quarterback was taken over the first 73 picks in the 2022 draft. The Pittsburgh Steelers took Pitt quarterback Kenny Pickett with the number 20 pick. The next quarterback in the 2022 draft wasn't taken until the Atlanta Falcons took Cincinnati quarterback Desmond Ritter in the third round With the number 74 overall pick. That is amazing when you think about it, right? In this quarterback-obsessed time in the NFL, just one quarterback was taken over the first 73 picks in the 2022 draft. So, you think about this. The Commanders could have had any quarterback in the 2022 draft. Any one. But the Commanders passed on every quarterback in the 2022 draft at least once and passed on all but one of the quarterbacks in the 2022 draft multiple times. The Commanders only passed on Kenny Pickett once. The Commanders passed on every other quarterback in the 2022 draft multiple times. But while the Commanders in the 2022 draft passed on every quarterback in the draft at least once, the Commanders in the 2022 draft did ultimately take a quarterback. And this was by far the biggest item from the final two days of the Commanders 2022 draft. The Commanders on Saturday took North Carolina quarterback Sam Howell in the fifth round, pick number 144 overall in the 2022 NFL draft. And I have to tell you, I fully Endorse this. I loved the commanders doing this. Now, I fully recognize that the chance of Sam Howell becoming anything other than a backup for the commanders is quite small. Uh, Non first round quarterbacks becoming franchise NFL quarterbacks is extremely rare. Just four current franchise quarterbacks are guys who were taken with non first round picks. Russell Wilson. Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr, and Dak Prescott. Uh, Those guys were all drafted between 2012 and 2016. Not a single franchise quarterback in the NFL has come from a non-first round of an NFL draft over the previous five drafts, 2017 through 2021, at least as things stand right now. Uh, But from 2012 through 2021, there were 115 quarterbacks taken in NFL drafts. As things stand now, over the previous 10 NFL drafts, 2012 through 2021, just four of the 115 quarterbacks drafted were non-first round quarterbacks who became franchise quarterbacks. So the likelihood of Sam Howell becoming a franchise quarterback For the Commanders, the likelihood of Commander Sam uh, (laughs) becoming a franchise quarterback for the Commanders is small, really small. But there's always a chance. And more to the point, you need quarterback depth. And just the fact that the commanders weren't so afraid of upsetting Carson Wentz, you know, so afraid of upsetting corsi uh that they wouldn't even take a quarterback in a draft in which the quarterbacks were falling like boulders off a cliff. I mean, that to me is encouraging. Ron Rivera is not allowing his team's quarterback situation to be completely held hostage by Carson Wentz. And Ron shouldn't be allowing the commander's quarterback situation to be completely held hostage by Carson Wentz. Uh, Ron certainly should be trying to win with Carson Wentz, and Ron certainly should do all that he can within reason for Carson Wentz to feel good and feel confident and play well. And as you'll hear, Ron is trying to build up Carson Wentz's confidence, but Ron isn't, nor should he be, just giving up on adding inventory to the commander's quarterback stock. And I'm very happy about that. Bravo to the commanders for taking Sam Howell in the fifth round of the 2022 draft. Now, how about what the commanders taking Sam Howell was a result of? So the commanders on day three of the 2022 NFL draft on Saturday traded a 2022 fourth round pick, pick number 120 overall, and a 2022 sixth round pick, pick number 189 overall. Two of all teams, the Carolina Panthers, for two 2022 Fifth round picks, picks numbers 144 and 149 overall. The Commanders got the 2022 fourth round pick, pick number 120 overall, that they traded to the Panthers via that trade with the New Orleans Saints on night one of the 2022 draft. As the Commanders this past Thursday night traded their number 11 overall pick to the Saints, For a 2022 first round pick, the number 16 overall pick, a 2022 third round pick, the number 98 overall pick, and a 2022 fourth round pick, the number 120 overall pick. There's a lot to take in there, I get that, but bottom line, the Commanders turned trading down five spots in the first round of the 2022 draft and trading away a 2022 sixth round pick, that pick number 189 overall into four players. Those four players, Penn State receiver Jahan Dodson, who the commanders took in the first round, picked number 16 overall in the 2022 draft. Alabama running back Brian Robinson, Jr., who the commanders took in the third round, picked number 98 overall in the 2022 draft. North Carolina quarterback Sam Howell, who the commanders took in the fifth round, picked number 144 overall in the 2022 draft and Nevada tight end Cole Turner, who the commanders took in the fifth round, pick number 149 overall in the 2022 draft. Ron Rivera, by the way, loves Cole Turner. Uh, You'll hear that later in the show. We'll obviously see what becomes of these four players, Jahan Dodson, Brian Robinson Jr., Sam Howell, and Cole Turner. But this right here to me is how you do the NFL draft. You trade down, you get more picks, you take good players. The process here, to me, by the commanders was quite sound and is what you want to see your team do in NFL drafts. Uh, Sam Howell was a terrific value pick. Maybe he ends up being a bad NFL quarterback, but understand the value of this transaction of the commanders taking him in the fifth round of the 2022 draft is substantial. Sam Howell was the number 34 player on Pro Football Focus's big board for the 2022 NFL draft, and yet the commanders took Howell with the number 144 pick in the 2022 draft. That, my friends, is value. The number 34 player in an NFL draft being taken with the number 144 pick in that draft. You're buying a stock for pennies on the dollar. And maybe the stock doesn't end up working out, but that's not the point here. The transactional value here was tremendous. Uh, Sam Howell last year was a candidate to be the number one overall pick in the 2022 draft. Obviously, things did not work out that way. But think about that for a moment. 12 months ago, Sam Howell was being talked about as a very possible candidate to be the number one overall pick in the 2022 draft. The Commanders ended up getting him with the number 144 overall pick in the 2022 draft. Uh, We on Saturday had a post-draft press conference for Commanders head coach Ron Rivera and Commanders general manager Martin Mayhew at Commanders headquarters in Aspern, Virginia. Here was Ron on Saturday on whether he thought that Sam Howell would be available to the commanders in the fifth round and Ron on why he drafted Howell.
2: No, we didn't think he would slide to us. Um, it's interesting because, you know, once, once we got Carson as our starter, you know, we, we got off the quarterback train for the most part. We did know that, as I said, there was you know an opportunity for us to take one as a backup most and, and a guy that you could develop for the long term. We most certainly considered that. Um, but to have Sam fall to us was, was something we had to jump on. Um, we had a very good grade on him. Um, he was, at, at that point, the highest guy left on our board. Um, he was a guy that we most certainly, as we dug into initially, was a guy that if you know, we were still in that, in that situation, would have been somebody we considered very seriously. So we feel this is a home run for us. You know, it was, it was, um, it was a good opportunity to grab a guy. I, um, I had an opportunity to talk, um, you know, with Carson before we made the pick. I wanted to make sure he understood that this is just all about developing a young guy, more so than anything else. He's our number one going forward, and, and he just appreciated the fact that I gave him the heads up, um, which I thought was really cool. And, and he was pretty, actually, pretty excited because uh, he just thinks that he's a lot of good things about Sam.
1: So how about that? Ron Rivera checked in with Carson Wentz to make sure that Wentz understood why the commanders were drafting Sam Howell. Ron pretty clearly said to himself, all right, I better reassure Corsi Warsi uh, that he's still our quarterback. He's still our QB1 and that his feelings shouldn't be hurt by us taking Sam Howell. Uh, But you know what? I can understand Ron Rivera doing that. I don't like that he felt like he had to do that. But I think communication is good between an NFL head coach and his QB1. And so that Ron did that to me is fine, okay? I really hope that Carson Wentz, though, has evolved um, if, in fact, he had his feelings hurt in the past by the Eagles drafting Jalen Hurts and by the success of Nick Foles in that 2017 season, okay? It's ridiculous if Carson Wentz feels this way. He's gotta grow up and grow out of feeling that way. If in fact he has felt that way. Remember, with all of this stuff, there's a lot that we're unsure of, right? All of this stuff is based on reports and rumors and things that people have said, but also things that aren't a hundred percent certain. Uh, but Ron checked in with Carson Wentz. I think that is uh important to know. Well, what about Carson Wentz's backup? What about his feelings? Taylor Heineke's feelings. Has anyone checked on Tate's feelings? Uh, here was ron rivera on saturday on whether taylor heineke is still the commander's qb2 of the commander's drafting sam howell
2: no taylor's our taylor's our backup okay. again as i you know please understand that, that this is a guy that you know is going to grow and develop over a period of time i mean there's no hurry to, to force him out there or anything like that this is a good chance for him to get a real good education and and, and develop and see what happens
1: all right, so Ron Rivera on Saturday made it quite clear that Sam Howell is the Commanders' QB three. Carson Wentz is the QB one. Taylor Heineke is the QB two. Sam Howell is the QB three, at least for now. Things can always change. Uh, Sam Howell was a very productive starting quarterback at North Carolina. I mean, you think about Sam Howell, productive starting quarterback in a Power Five conference for three seasons. Howell was North Carolina's starting quarterback for three seasons, 2019 through 2021, including being Carolina's starter for all 13 of its games in the 2019 season. As a true freshman, uh, Howell at North Carolina had 92 career touchdown passes, the most passing touchdowns by an ACC quarterback in three or fewer seasons ever. Uh, Howell for his 2020 sophomore season ranked. Number 14 among all qualified quarterbacks in the FBS in ESPN's total QBR at 79.3. Here, though, is my favorite Sam Howell stat. You ready for this? Sam Howell was an elite fourth quarter quarterback from North Carolina. Howell, over his three seasons as Carolina's starting quarterback, had an overall grade in fourth quarters. For Pro Football Focus of 92.4, which ranked first in the FBS during that span. PFF grades are on a scale of 0 to 100. Sam Howell, over his three seasons as the Tar Heel starting quarterback, overall grade in fourth quarters for PFF of 92.4, which ranked first in the FBS during that span. That's a tremendous thing to be able to say about a quarterback. He was at his best in the fourth quarters of games. Now, the big thing with Sam Howell, or at least one of the things with Sam Howell in terms of concerns, is this supposedly disappointing season that he just had, his 2021 junior season. Did Sam Howell have a disappointing 2021 junior season? Well, this is a complicated issue. So, North Carolina lost quite a few skill position players including current Commanders receiver Deami Brown uh from the 2020 season going into the 2021 season. And so if you just look at some of your basic Sam Howell stats, you do see a guy whose performance did decline. Uh his completion percentage went from 68.1 for the 2020 season to 62.5. For the 2021 season, Uh, his yards per pass attempt went from 10.3 for the 2020 season to 8.1 for the 2021 season. And those declines are significant and they shouldn't be completely ignored. However, in some of the more telling quarterback metrics uh, actually wasn't that different in his 2021 junior season as compared to how he was in his 2020 sophomore season. Uh, Take Howell through the prism of ESPN's total QBR. Uh, Howell's total QBR for the 2020 season was 79.3. His total QBR for the 2021 season was 76.1. Not that much of a difference. Uh, How about Howell through the prism of overall grade for Pro Football Focus? Uh, Howell's overall grade for PFF for the 2020 season was was 92.3. His overall grade for PFF for the 2021 season was 91.1. Not that big of a difference. So, you know, this narrative that Sam Howell was great in 2020, but bad in 2021 is fake news. It's not true. Sam Howell was better in 2021 than he got credit for. Now, is Sam Howell a perfect quarterback prospect? No, he is not. But I think it's important to understand the nature of this supposedly disappointing 2021 season that Sam Howell had. Uh, Here was Ron Rivera on Saturday with his evaluation of Sam Howell.
2: Well, I I think first and foremost, you know, it, it would be unfair if you didn't consider his 2020 season. You know, just looking back at what he did, I mean, you know... I saw a lot of them last year because they had several players that were coming out, skilled players that we watched. You know, they had, they had two really good running backs, two quality wide receivers, and we we obviously end up drafting Diami. And when you do that, you get an opportunity to see this guy play. Well, he also lined up in front of a brand new offensive line, and so a lot of things changed from 2020 to 2021, and so taking that into consideration and being fair to him, saying, you know, this is a guy that had a whole group of new starters that he had to try and work with and get used to, and yet he was still very, very productive. Um, you know, they won a lot of games, got into a bowl game, and, and I believe he threw for over 3,000 yards and, and rushed for over 1,000, and I think he accounted for something like 30-something touchdowns or something. I'm trying to remember all those stats, but um, I thought he was impressive enough that, you know, it, it, like I said, he was, he was very high on our board, and, and, and he was somebody that... That stuck out when you were sitting there looking at the beginning of the fifth round and just said, you know, this is a value pick, a developmental pick. This is a guy that, you know, has no pressure where he can sit back, learn from a couple of quality guys, and and who knows what happens later on.
1: I'll tell you something else about Sam Howell. Uh, He emerged as a major run threat in his final collegiate season. Uh, So Howell was North Carolina's starting quarterback for three seasons, 2019 through 2021. He, over his 2019 and 2020 seasons, totaled just 181 rushing yards. And those are official rushing yards. Remember, in college football, officially, a quarterback's rushing yards include his yardage lost on sacks. Why this is the case, I don't know. It's so dumb, but this is the way that things are done. So Sam Howell, over his 2019 and 2020 seasons, a total of just 181 rushing yards, but Sam Howell during his 2021 junior season totaled 828 official rushing yards and 11 rushing touchdowns. He became much more of a run threat this past season. Uh, Also, Howell in his 2021 junior season for Pro Football Focus forced 63 broken tackles, so he really did become a factor with his legs. In fact, I think you could actually argue that Howell became too much of a factor with his legs this past season. Because also according to PFF, 13% of Sam Howell's dropbacks in the 2021 season resulted in scrambles. 13%. That's a high percentage of dropbacks turning into scrambles. And while a porous North Carolina offensive line had something to do with this, so too may have been like an over willingness from Howell to run. You know, it may be that he became too quick to run this past season. So, you know, you do wonder about that. Like, is Sam Howell going to get antsy in the pocket? Is he going to have happy feet in the pocket? Is he going to be someone who, if his first read isn't there, is going to take off when in fact he should have just bought some more time in the pocket or he should have looked, you know, uh, through his progressions uh, more or in a better way? So, you know, these are legitimate questions. To be asking, uh, Sam Howell is not a very tall quarterback, if you care about quarterback height. Uh, I really don't, but some people do. I know that Ron Rivera does, at least to an extent. Uh, Howell at the 2022 NFL Scouting Combine measured as being 6 feet and 5 eighths of an inch and 218 pounds. So he's not even 6 foot 1. Uh, now remember, Ron Rivera at the Commander's pre-draft press conference last Monday afternoon, said that he, prior to making the trade for Carson Wentz, had liked one of the quarterbacks in the 2022 draft enough to consider taking that quarterback with the number 11 overall pick. We talked about this on last Tuesday's show, episode 300 of the Al Galdi podcast. Um, Now, it would seem that who this quarterback was, was not Malik Willis. Uh, That now would seem to be the case. I thought that Malik Willis was the guy. I suspected that Malik Willis was the guy who Ron Rivera talked about, but the commanders ended up passing on Malik Willis multiple times in this 2022 NFL draft. I mean, Malik Willis ended up not being taken until the third round of the 2022 draft. The Tennessee Titans took the Liberty quarterback Malik Willis in the third round, pick number 86 overall in the 2022 draft. So, you know, is Malik Willis the guy who Ron Rivera was talking about last Monday afternoon? If he was, Ron had a funny way of showing that as this 2022 draft went on. So the question now becomes, well, was that player in fact Sam Howell? Because that's the quarterback who the commanders ended up taking, albeit in the fifth round. Did Ron Rivera on Saturday get a quarterback in the fifth round who Ron had considered taking with the number 11 overall pick? Because if that's true, that's a really big deal. Well, here was Ron's answer on Saturday.
2: Um, we like Sam. You know, we, again, as I said, for, for the reasons that I talked about, I, I really did. We, took, we spent a lot of time looking at his 2020 type. Um, took a lot of time looking at his 2021 um, you know, and I, I actually, you know, I, I read a really interesting article about about him, and the thing that really was pointed out in the article was the loss of playmakers, and then the loss of. The offensive line in front of him, and then the switch to what they were doing offensively try and capitalize on his ability um, I mean this is a guy that 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 can be a very solid future player for us down the line i mean we are very fortunate to have Carson um, you know as our starting quarterback and knowing that this is a guy that can take us into the future and here's a young guy that could you know eventually grow into it and become the, the kind of guy that can back us up for a while so you you feel confident and comfortable in it um, and and just feel you know we've got you know two really good veteran quarterbacks with a young guy that's going to be developed for us over a period of time
1: okay uh obviously that was an evasive answer by ron rivera ron later in the press conference on saturday was asked whether he had a second round grade on sam howell
2: we had a high we had a high grade on him you know um were we going to take him or no no because we feel very comfortable with what we've done with Carson. We really do. I mean, we like Carson. We believe Carson's our guy going uh, forward and we believe he can lead our football team. And, you know, when, 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 when you have uh, the type of uh, backup that you have with Taylor, you feel great about it. I mean, it's a good situation. And quite honestly, we needed a third quarterback, a guy that we have to have, you know, develop and kind of be ready just in case.
1: All right. More major affirmation right there from Ron Rivera, for Carson Wentz. I tell you, I hope that Carson Wentz watched or at least listened to this Ron Rivera-Martin Mayhew post-draft press conference on Saturday because there were all kinds of assurances and affirmations from Don Ron for Carson warsey uh, in this presser. Uh, we then got another question at the presser on Saturday about where the commanders were comfortable taking Sam Howell. Take a listen to this exchange between Commander's Insider Michael Phillips of Richmond.com and Rod Rivera and Martin Mayhew.
0: How close were you to turning in the card for Sam in the fourth round? Um, Was that implied?
2: No. 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 no um, you know, again... Percy filled the need that we, we were looking at. You know, he's a guy that we felt very good about. And, and, and I know Martin, speaking about it, you know, he was a guy that, you know, he just said, hey, we got to really consider this guy because of his skill set and, and, and what we think one of our needs are.
1: All right. Uh, so the trade for Carson Wentz very clearly took the commanders out of the mix of taking a quarterback over the first four rounds of the 2022 NFL draft. That Ron Rivera wasn't even willing to spend a fourth round pick on Sam Howell would seem to suggest that Howell was not the guy who Ron was talking about at the pre-draft press conference this past Monday afternoon. Malik Willis no longer seems to have been that guy. So who was it? Uh, I guess that you have to say that the guy was one of the first two quarterbacks taken in the 2022 draft. Uh, Maybe the guy was Kenny Pickett. Maybe the guy was Desmond Ritter. Uh, What about leadership? Uh, We know that leadership has been a supposed problem for Carson Wentz. We know that Ron Rivera has said that leadership for a quarterback matters a lot. How is Sam Howell in the Department of Leadership? Ron Rivera on Saturday on the field that he has gotten on Sam Howell as a leader.
2: Well, you know, it's interesting, and in, in talking to some of the people that, that are around the uh, UNC program, um, he's a very well-liked guy, you know, a lot of players do rally around him, um, and it was real interesting because, um, you know, having come from Carolina, just knowing uh, a number of people that I know down in the Carolina area uh, were, were, were kind of excited that he's, he's coming up here, so it was kind of a cool thing.
1: Yeah, there remain a lot of fans of the Commanders in the Carolinas from the days prior to the Carolina Panthers. A lot of Redskins fans in the Carolinas from back in the day. Remember, the Carolina Panthers didn't come into existence until the 1995 season. So during the heyday of George Allen with the Redskins in the 1970s, during the heyday of Joe Gibbs with the Redskins in the 1980s and early 1990s, if you were an NFL fan in North Carolina, uh, the Redskins, more likely than not, were your team. And there remain plenty of Skins fans in the Carolinas. Uh, here was Martin Mayhew on Saturday on Sam Howell as a leader.
3: i tell you what, just one thing that really impressed me about him last year was the pro day at North Carolina. When all those guys were coming out, he came out and threw for those guys. And a lot of guys would not do that if they didn't have to. And uh, he put on a show. He put on a show when I was there. Marty was there. We all saw that. He really caught my eye on that day, and I started watching him. And, uh, it, you know, I was really impressed with the season last year. And like Coach said, he lost a lot of weapons. And I thought he they, they modified the game plan somewhat to try to adjust for that, which I think took away from his ability to play his best ball this past year. Uh, so I'm really excited about, about having him with us.
1: All right. I thought that that was a good nugget there from Martin Mayhew on Sam Howell. Look, the reasons to like the commanders having taken Sam Howell in the fifth round of the 2022 draft do not include that he's some lock to be a great NFL quarterback. It may well be that he ends up being a nothing burger as an NFL quarterback. Okay. I totally get that. But you know what? It may just be that he ends up being a bit more than a nothing burger, maybe a lot more. Who knows? But to me, right now, the reasons to like the commanders having taken Sam Howell in the fifth round of the 2022 draft in no particular order are great value pick. Howell does have legitimate upside. Uh, This was a swing at the quarterback position from our still quarterback needy commanders. And this shows that Ron Rivera isn't going to not add to his quarterback inventory out of fear of hurting. Carson Wentz's feelings. And as silly as that may sound, that had been a thing that is no longer a thing. And this is the way that things should be. Ron Rivera needs to do what is in the best interest of the football team, not what is in the best interest of Carson Wentz's feelings, okay? I hope that Carson Wentz is great for the commanders this coming season. I am rooting like crazy for Carson Wentz to kill it for our commanders this coming season. But if he isn't great for the Commanders this coming season, if he doesn't kill it for the Commanders this coming season, if problems arise with him on the Commanders this coming season, then maybe, just maybe, Sam Howell can be an option. Up next, much more of my thoughts on what the Commanders did in rounds two through seven of the 2022 NFL Draft. Straight ahead, I will address the selection of Alabama interior defensive lineman Fiderian Mathis in the second round. Does this mean bye-bye to Duran Payne? I'll get to that and much more after this. We continue discussing and dissecting the Commanders 2022 draft rounds two through seven on this special Commanders draft installment of the Al Galdi podcast. Good to have you with us. So the Commanders on Friday night took Alabama interior defensive lineman Fedarian Mathis in the second round, pick number 47 overall in the 2022 NFL draft. His name is Fedarian, not Phil-Darian. Uh, I feel like that's a mistake that's going to be made about a thousand times in the coming months. So let us all practice together. Fedarian, not Phil-Darian. Or is it boon me me I don't know. I get confused.
2: Rotimi me
1: Yes, Ron. Something like that. Uh, anyway, the commanders took Fedarian Mathis on Friday night in the second round of the 2022 draft. Uh, I do not have to tell you about how many failed second round picks that the Redskins slash Washington football team slash commanders have had over the last 15 years. Devin Thomas, Fred Davis, Malcolm Kelly, Jarvis Jenkins, David Amerson, Trent Murphy, Sua Cravens, Darius Geis. The list goes on and on and on and on. So let us hope that Fedarian Mathis does not continue that tradition. Uh, You know, Samuel Cosme may well be not continuing that tradition. Washington took Cosme in the second round of the 2021 NFL draft out of Texas. Cosme had a good rookie season when he played. uh, He just did not play enough. Uh, Cosme last season was hurt a lot. He in the 2021 regular season played in just nine of Washington 17 games, but with Fidarian Mathis. So he is big, he is very big. Uh, Mathis at the 2022 NFL scouting combine measured as being 6'4 and a quarter of an inch and 310 pounds. I mean, Fidarian Mathis is your classic big, wide bodied, run stuffing defensive tackle. Uh, Fidarian Mathis is experienced, he was a player at Alabama for five seasons, 2017. Through 2021, Uh, Fadarian Mathis has a reputation for being a leader and a good dude. Uh, Mathis, in his 2021 redshirt senior season, was one of Alabama's permanent team captains, and he was named to the SEC Community Service Team for his work off the field. You know, an undeniable trend for Washington in its now three drafts run by Ron Rivera has been the team taking players with substantial collegiate experience and players who come off as mature and good people. Uh, we late night on Friday night had a press conference for Commanders head coach Ron Rivera and Commanders general manager Martin Mayhew at team headquarters in Ashburn, Virginia. He was Ron on Friday night on what he liked about Fedorian Mathis.
2: As far as Mathis is concerned, the young man that played a lot of big time football. You know, uh, you play in the SEC and you, you play against the teams that you play. Um, you know that these are legit guys. You're grading them against NFL-quality players. So we feel good about who he is, feel good about what his potential is and what he can do for us um, you know, in terms of playing snaps, being part of a, uh, uh, a group that's going to you know, get an opportunity to go out and play some, some football for us. So pretty excited about who he is.
1: All right, and here was Martin Mayhew on Friday night on Federian Mathis.
3: Outstanding football player, you know, really good football player. He's got size, he's got length, he's got heavy hands, um, really good motor, outstanding motor. He's probably, as of right now, more fully developed playing the run, but he's got some sneaky ability to rush the passer at nine sacks last year, so he's a really good football player.
1: So what stuck out the most to me from Martin Mayhew right there was him saying that Fadarian Mathis has, quote, sneaky ability to rush the passer. End quote. Uh, That is, to me, the biggest question with Vidarian Mathis, him as a pass rusher. You know, like I look at this Vidarian Mathis pick as follows. Did the commander spend a second round pick on a two down player? Because if the answer is yes, then this is not a good pick. And there was a lot of negative feeling from Commanders fans on this pick and really on what the Commanders did overall on Friday night in the 2022 draft. And I get it. Uh, there were major questions to be asked about positional value. The Commanders potentially taking a two-down interior defensive lineman in the second round and a running back in the third round. Now, you can't judge an NFL draft choice for at least a few seasons. I think we all get that. But you can with an NFL draft choice, instantly assess value. Was the pick a good value pick, given the information at the time? Uh, Mathis clearly profiles as a run stopper whether he can do well as a pass rusher is far less clear. And so the idea of the commanders in the year 2022, uh, in which the NFL is as pass-happy as ever, spending a second-round pick on a guy who will help against the run but potentially not against the pass, is concerning. Uh, now, Mathis, in his 2021 redshirt senior season at Alabama, did total nine official sacks. per uh, Pro Football Focus had seven sacks. PFF credits players for sacks differently than official statistics credit players for sacks. But his sack total, whichever one that you want to go by, was encouraging. And, and this is important, was a function of an increase in pressures uh, Fadarian Mathis in his 2021 redshirt senior season at Bama per pro football focus totaled 25 pressures. And that matters. A player's sack total in a season jumping up without a corresponding increase in pressures for that season can mean that the increase in sacks was a fluke. Mathis's increase in sacks in his 2021 redshirt senior season at Bama did come with a corresponding increase in pressures. So that makes you feel like the jump in sacks was not some fluke. So bottom line, the idea that Fedirian Mathis is emerging as a pass rusher and won't be just a two-down player in the NFL isn't far-fetched. It may well be that he is emerging and uh evolving into being a quality pass rusher, but it's not a guarantee that Fedirius Mathis at the NFL level will be a quality pass rusher, will be a three-down player. And if Mathis ends up only being a two-down player, then to me this will almost certainly prove to not be a good value pick for the commanders. You know, it's worth noting that Mathis in a virtual press conference on Friday night said that his agent told him to expect to be drafted in the third or fourth round. Uh, That's that's something that Federian Mathis should be saying out loud. OK, because that does not make the commanders look so great that they took him in the second round when Mathis's own agent told Mathis that Mathis was likely to be drafted in the third or fourth round. You know, this may well have been a reach pick by the commanders. That's not good. That's not the way that you want to do the NFL draft. But Mathis at Alabama was good. OK, and I do think that there's a good chance that he'll be good for the Commanders. I just don't know that he's going to prove to be worthy of a second-round pick. Again, whether he plays and is impactful on passing downs for opposing teams will be key. Uh, By the way, take a listen to this. Martin Mayhew, in the Commanders post-draft press conference on Saturday, uh, Mayhew clearly was aware of the criticism out there of the Commanders having overdrafted Fedarian Mathis and perhaps having overdrafted their third round pick, the Alabama running back, Brian Robinson Jr. And so Mayhew on Saturday said the following and said the following quite early in that Saturday post-draft press conference.
3: Now, we talked a lot about uh, the last time that, that we ended up getting together about uh, these projections and where guys are supposed to go. And I, th- I think Sam Howell is a, is a great example of that, you know, and that, you know, people are making projections about where they expect players to go. Um, and they're not in these buildings, they're not uh, around these teams. We understand our needs and what we need as a football team. Uh, much, much better than people on the outside looking in. And that's why you end up with situations like, like Fedarian going to second round, surprising some folks, Sam going in the fifth round, surprising some folks. Everybody has their own uh, system and everybody sets up you know, their program the way they want to set it up. And we have, we have different needs. Uh, and we look at our teams differently than, some, uh, than other people do, I think.
1: Yeah, I thought that those comments from Martin Mayhew were definite shots back. At the critics of the Commanders for supposedly having overdrafted Federian Mathis and Brian Robinson Jr., you know, a lot of people were giving the Commanders grief. Matt Miller, the ESPN NFL draft analyst and insider, he on Saturday afternoon tweeted the following, quote, always rooting to be proven wrong, but feels like the commander's valuation doesn't match the consensus on quite a few players this year. A lot of reaches based on where guys were ranked, but they obviously like them. End quote. Well, Martin Mayhew, old Marty Mayhew, fired back in that post-draft commander's press conference on Saturday. Now, Mayhew wasn't wrong with what he said. Uh, Those with the commanders do know the commander's needs better than those on the outside. But as I believe, and as I know that many of you believe, you shouldn't draft primarily for need. So when Mayhew says something like, well, we know what our needs are better than others know what our needs are, well, your needs shouldn't really be factoring in that much to what you do in an NFL draft. All right, let's address maybe the biggest question off the commanders using a second round pick to take Fedarian Mathis. What does this mean for Duran Payne? You know, to me, it's impossible to ignore the timing of this Fedarian Mathis selection. The Commanders drafted Mathis on Friday night. Uh, Friday night was just three days after Commanders insider Ben Standig of The Athletic on Tuesday reported that the Commanders in this 2022 offseason are not expected to offer Duran Payne. A contract extension. Uh, the 2022 season is set to be the fifth and final season of Payne's rookie contract. I talked about the Duran Payne situation at length on last Wednesday's show, episode 301. Uh, to me, if the commanders are not going to extend Payne, then they need to trade Payne. Uh, I do not have much faith that the commanders will be trading Payne, uh, but that doesn't mean that they shouldn't trade Payne. But put all of that aside, We over just the last week now have had the report that the commanders aren't expected to even offer Payne a contract extension this offseason, and we have had the commanders spending a second-round pick on Payne's potential, if not likely, replacement in Fadarian Mathis. I mean, could the writing on the wall be any clearer? Deron Payne would appear to not be long for playing For the Commanders, Uh, Deron Payne would appear to be also likely to be gone from the Commanders next offseason at the latest, either via trade or free agency. Here was Ron Rivera on Friday night on whether drafting for Mathis changes anything for Deron Payne.
2: No, not at all. I think this, again, is about bringing a guy in, giving him an opportunity to, to contribute and be part of what we're trying to do. You know, um, I think people want to jump to the conclusion just because you don't do anything now doesn't mean that you can't do something later. A lot of things have changed, and, and it's one of the things I talked about with you guys, uh, you know, during the press conference, that when, when you get a veteran quarterback that has a salary, it's going to impact your salary cap and how you, re- you respond to it. You know, Martin will tell you it's it's a difficult thing as you try to figure out the best way to be able to pay players, and sometimes you can't do it right away. And so that's kind of the situation we're in right now is, is, is we're trying to take care of certain other things as well as we go forward and we'll see how we can adjust to it and who knows what happens after that.
1: Yeah, who knows? <laughs> who knows? But if the plan, the honest plan from Ron Rivera is to let this coming season play out and then offer to Payne a contract extension off not even offering him one this offseason... I mean, good luck getting him to sign an extension with the prospect of unrestricted free agency around the corner. And God help us if the Commanders then place a tag on Payne next offseason, either a franchise tag or a transition tag, because we know how the tag game ultimately plays out. The guy ends up going away, and you end up getting back next to nothing, if not nothing. I don't know how you look at the Commanders having spent a second-round pick on Federe Mathis as not being a sign that Deron Payne is not long for the team. I don't care what the team says, follow the actions, not the words. The actions scream right now that Deron Payne is not long for the commanders. Now, things can always change, but for now, that to me is the way to be reading this. Uh, But if in fact, the commanders do not trade Deron Payne this offseason, then they will have Payne and Mathis on the team. This coming season, Uh, remember, the Commanders this offseason have lost two key interior defensive linemen in Matt Ioannidis and Tim Settle. The Commanders released Ioannidis. The Commanders lost Settle via free agency. Uh, He signed with the Buffalo Bills as an unrestricted free agent. Ron Rivera on Friday night on whether he drafted Fidarian Mathis for depth.
2: Well I, I think a big part of it too is, is is not just depth, but you know, guy that you know you're gonna you're gonna get snaps. You know, Matt played over fifty percent of the snaps and, and, and this is a young man that's gonna get an opportunity to play a good number of, of that percentage as well. You know, we do have some some we do have a plan for, for, for a third down pass rush. And it may include him, it may not. It may include somebody else, a different combination of guys. But you know, we're what we need to do more so than anything else is just uh, you know, make sure we're eating up those, those percentages of playtime with, uh, with a different combination of guys.
1: Yeah, you know, Matt Ioannidis in the 2021 regular season played quite a bit, played in 16 of Washington's 17 games. It has been said that he had a down 2021 season, and I'm not here to tell you that Matt Ioannidis was outstanding this past season, but Ioannidis for the 2021 regular season was number four on Washington with 11 quarterback hits and did register an overall grade for pro football focus of 65.4. Now that's not great, but for comparison's sake, Deron Payne's overall grade for PFF for the 2021 regular season was just 64.2. So If you look at each guy via his PFF overall grade for the 2021 regular season, and look, the PFF overall grades are not gospel, all right, but Ioannidis' overall grade for PFF for the 2021 regular season, it was better than Payne's overall grade for PFF for the 2021 regular season. All right, we move now to the Commanders' second pick on Friday night. The Commanders on Friday night took Alabama running back Brian Robinson Jr. in the third round. Pick number 98 overall in the 2022 NFL Draft. So the Bama skins trend is back on. Uh, We had the interior defensive lineman Fiderian Mathis taken by the Commanders in the second round on Friday night. We had the running back from Bama, Brian Robinson Jr., taken in the third round by the Commanders on Friday night. Uh, So Brian Robinson Jr., number 98 overall pick. That pick was acquired on Thursday night when the Commanders traded their number 11 overall pick to the New Orleans Saints for a 2022 first round pick, the number 16 overall pick, a 2022 third round pick, the number 98 overall pick, and a 2022 fourth round pick, the number 120 overall pick. So Brian Robinson Jr., you could say that he's a thumper. Uh, Robinson at the 2022 NFL Scouting Combine measured as being 6'1 and 5 eighths of an inch and 225 pounds. He is a bruiser. Uh, There's a thought that Robinson could be the new Peyton Barber for the Commanders, uh, the new short-yarded specialist, and maybe Brian Robinson Jr. will be the Commander's short-yarded specialist For this coming season, but understand this, Washington last season was actually really good on short yardage runs. This thing that Washington really missed Peyton Barber this past season, that's not true. Now, Peyton Barber did do a good job in his lone season with Washington. Peyton Barber was Washington's short yardage specialist for the 2020 season. Uh, the team last August 31st released Barber in the cut down to 53, did then the next day announce a 15-man practice squad that included Barber, but the Las Vegas Raiders poached Barber off Washington's practice squad. The Raiders this past September 4th signed Barber to their active roster off Washington's practice squad. But still, Washington last season was really good on short yardage runs. Uh, Washington finished the 2021 regular season at number three In the NFL, in power success rate per football outsiders at 77%. Power success rate is a great stat to look at if you're trying to figure out, okay, is this team good on short yardage runs? Power success rate is the percentage of successful third and fourth down runs requiring no more than two yards for first down or a touchdown. Uh, Washington, last regular season, was third in the NFL in power success rate. So the next time that you hear or read that Washington really missed Peyton Barber last season, uh no, actually Washington in short yardage situations last season did just fine, sons, Peyton Barber. So it may be that Brian Robinson Jr. will serve as the commander short yardage back, but I tell you what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that the Commanders drafting Robinson had a lot more to do with spelling Antonio Gibson. Uh, Antonio Gibson has given a lot to this team over the last two years, and he is someone who has taken a pounding. He is someone who has not missed many games to his credit, but he is someone who has incurred a lot of injury. And as we all know, Gibson is a converted receiver. Brian Robinson Jr., again, is 6'1 and 5 eighths of an inch and 225 pounds. Brian Robinson Jr. is built for the role of pounding the rock late in a game in which you're trying to preserve a lead and run out the clock. Remember, uh, Ron Rivera loved the way that Washington played During that four-game winning streak last season of you win time of possession, you play ball control, you get out to a lead, and then you run the football a lot, okay? I mean, that is a very old-school way of doing football, but it did work for Washington during that four-game winning streak. Well, Antonio Gibson was leaned on a ton during that four-game winning streak, and to his credit, you know, he did a good job, although his yards per carry during the four-game winning streak Wasn't great. But, you know, I don't know that Antonio Gibson necessarily is someone who should be used to pound the rock the way that he was uh, as last season went on. Brian Robinson Jr. fits that role in a more classic way. Big bruiser, a guy who can carry the football, run out the clock, and hold on to the football. More on that momentarily. But Brian Robinson Jr. played at Alabama for five seasons, 2017 through 2021. Uh, he did not become a starter for Bama until his 2021 redshirt senior season, but he in that season over 14 games was terrific. 1,343 rushing yards, an average of 4.96 yards per carry and 14 rushing touchdowns. And here's the physicality. Robinson in his 2021 redshirt senior season at Bama for pro football focus had 891 yards after contact which ranked 12th in the FBS, and he had 79 missed tackles forced, which ranked tied for sixth in the FBS. Uh, Really good numbers right there for Brian Robinson Jr. Uh, Also, Robinson in his 2021 redshirt senior season at Bama had some big performances in big games. Uh, October 2nd, of last year number one Alabama beat number 12 Ole Miss 42 21 Robinson had 36 carries for 171 yards and four touchdowns Uh, this past New Year's Eve number one Alabama beat number four Cincinnati 27-6 in the Cotton Bowl in the college football playoff semis Robinson had 26 carries for 204 yards and Robinson this past season demonstrated an ability to be a pass catcher at 35 receptions for 296 yards and two touchdowns uh, we late night on Friday night had a press conference for commander's head coach Ron Rivera and commander's general manager Martin Mayhew at the team facility in Ashburn Virginia here was Ron Rivera on Friday night on Brian Robinson Jr.
2: As far as Brian's concerned love the physical downhill style um, um, I saw the stat flash that uh, this is a guy that breaks tackles over 800 yards of, 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 of yards um, after contact. That, that's pretty impressive. Um, and has, has been as consistent protecting the football over his career, I think is, is another thing that, you know, that, that you like. But he's also a, a different type of back than, than what we get from Antonio and what we get from J.D. And so it's, it's one of those things that, you know, we have a trifecta of guys that, that – um, that you're going to feel real good about in terms of mixing up things. Uh, And one thing is he's a very physical player.
1: All right. So a few things right there from Ron Rivera on Brian Robinson Jr. Ron mentioned the lack of fumbling from Robinson. Uh, Yeah, he is not a fumbler. Uh, Now, fumbling stats for college football are hard to find and can vary. There are various fumbling stats on Robinson out there. Just know this, Brian Robinson Jr. was not a fumbler In his collegiate career, Robinson, over his five seasons at Alabama, totaled 597 touches. The most fumbles that I saw for him were three. Yeah, just three. Uh, Rod Rivera on Friday night on why Brian Robinson Jr. at Alabama was so good when it came to ball security.
2: Well, when you watch him in a style of running, you always know, notice that the ball is high and tight, and he does a nice job with that. He's got long arms, so wrapping the ball also is, 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 is an easier thing for him because of his size. I mean, young man's 6'2". I mean, he's, he's a good-sized running back. And, um, you know, you watch him, and, and just the way he handles himself and plays the game, it's, it's a very physical style.
1: Now, when we talk ball security about a commander's running back right now, the name Antonio Gibson cannot be far behind. Uh, Antonio Gibson did do plenty of good things in the 2021 regular season, but Antonio Gibson finished the 2021 regular season number one among all running backs in the NFL in fumbles at six. Yes, number one, Antonio Gibson for the 2021 regular season had the most fumbles among all running backs in the NFL at six. Not good. Uh, now, in fairness to Gibson, it should be noted that he last season was banged up a lot. Uh, Gibson in the 2021 Regular season did play in 16 of Washington's 17 games, but he during the season dealt with a shin injury, dealt with a rib injury, dealt with a toe injury. Uh, Gibson in his 2020 regular season played in 14 of Washington's 16 games, but he in December 2020 missed two consecutive games due to a turf toe injury that lingered into last offseason. So he's only missed three games over his two regular seasons, but he has dealt with a lot in the way of injury. He has been banged up quite a bit. Rod Rivera on Friday night on Brian Robinson Jr. potentially helping to keep Antonio Gibson fresh and healthy.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, then and that's part of it, too, because now you feel like you have a combination of running backs. You know that on your first and second down, uh, are very physical uh, at one point, and then we turn around. And you, you got a little bit of a slasher with Antonio's style, um, and so. But Antonio's got some deceptive speed and quickness as well. So you just, you know, it's a good mix. Um, you know, I've been fortunate that, that I've had a couple of combinations of really good running backs, and I see this giving us another combination of really good running backs. You know, and, and then you throw J D into the mix, and you're really going to get a change up.
1: Yeah, you know, I would not be stunned if Brian Robinson Jr. ends up getting a lot more carries this coming season than just short yardage carries. Uh I think Antonio Gibson for now is the Commanders RB1, but it is widely known that Gibson leaves yards on the field and his efficiency stats are not very good. Antonio Gibson did finish the 2021 regular season number 6 in the NFL in rushing yards at 1037, but He also finished the 2021 regular season just 34th among qualified players in the NFL in yards per carry at 4.02, just 23rd out of 50 qualified running backs in the NFL in football outsiders success rate at 52% and just 38th out of 50 qualified running backs in the NFL in football outsiders DVOA metric. At minus 6.7%. Now, maybe some of those bad efficiency numbers have to do with Gibson having been banged up. Maybe the thinking here is less is more for Antonio Gibson as a ball carrier. You know, we still have not seen Antonio Gibson excel the way that we thought that he would excel as a pass catcher in the NFL. I mean, remember, he was a combo running back receiver at Memphis. We haven't seen much of Antonio Gibson the receiver at the NFL level, maybe a fresher Gibson would allow for more of Gibson as a pass catcher. Uh, Here was Ron Rivera on Friday night on how he envisions the distribution of carries for Antonio Gibson, J.D. McKissick, and Brian Robinson Jr.
2: Right. Well, the big thing is you've got to be able to have a a different type of effect on the game. This game's going to get downhill and physical and, and really grind it out. You know, you want to be able to mix it in with somebody else, you know, and they may not get 20 carries. But just to change it, the the different type of physicality, the nature that he's going to bring, you feel pretty good about it.
1: I do like the idea of the commanders having three running backs with three different styles and the versatility with your running game to run on people in a variety of ways, in a variety of circumstances. You know, we can do you in any number of ways. Uh, I think that that's good. I do think that that's smart. All right, let's get to the rest of the commander's picks in rounds two through seven of the 2022 NFL draft on this special commander's draft installment of the Al Galdi podcast. So the Commanders on Saturday took Louisiana safety Percy Butler in the fourth round, pick number 113 overall in the 2022 NFL Draft. Uh, Percy Butler can run. Uh, Butler at the 2022 NFL Scouting Combine ran a blazing 40-yard dash. Butler at the 2022 Combine ran a 4 3 40 And, you know, he's not some, like, minuscule guy. A Butler at the combine measured as being 6 feet and 194 pounds. He had a strong 2021 season. Butler played at Louisiana for four seasons, 2018 through 2021. So another guy with at least four years of collegiate playing experience drafted. By the Commanders, uh, that was very much a theme for the Commanders in their 2022 draft. Butler, in his 2021 season, had an overall grade for pro football focus of 78.6, which ranked 78th out of 749 qualified safeties in the FBS. We, on Saturday, had a post-draft press conference for Commanders head coach Rod Rivera and Commanders general manager Martin Mayhew at Commanders headquarters in Ashburn Virginia, Here was Ron Rivera on Saturday on what he sees as the role for Percy Butler on the Commanders.
2: Well, I think the biggest thing as far as his role is here's a guy that's going to get an opportunity to compete. You know, he'll, he'll compete at a couple spots. Uh, nickel will be one of them, and safety will be the other one. And so, because of his skill set and the things that he does, um, so, you know, he's, he's a guy that has a specific skill set that we really feel uh, is very intriguing. First of all, he's got tremendous speed and quickness. Um, he's a guy that's going to not just help us uh, as a defensive player, but he will also contribute on special teams. But I think this is a guy that can have, help make an immediate impact for us.
1: All right, so Rod Rivera says that Percy Butler will compete at safety and also at nickel corner. Uh that stood out. You know, the commanders do not have an obvious nickel corner right now. Now, the commanders this offseason have re-signed corner Danny Johnson, who did end up playing quite a bit in the slot last season. But, you know, you think about the commanders in terms of the cornerback position, Kendall Fuller and William Jackson, the third are the obvious top two corners, but neither guy right now profiles as someone who you want in the slot. Kendall Fuller previously in his career was excellent in the slot, but he last season was a lot better on the outside as opposed to being on the inside. Uh, Ron right there also saying that uh, Percy Butler will be a factor on special teams. Uh, Here was Martin Mayhew on Saturday on Percy Butler, and then you'll hear Ron Rivera interject an additional key item regarding Butler.
3: Yeah, I mean, the guy's got speed. He's fast. He's physical. Um, he's got versatility. He can play the nickel. He can play free safety. He brings a lot to the table, and we saw enough flashes of him playing last year. We feel he's a guy who can develop into a really good player for us.
2: And, and, and he's a tough player. He played hurt last year, um, and 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 really didn't make a lot of bones about it. He did the best he could, and you know, while he was hurt, and it was just intriguing to watch a guy that was gutting it out. I mean, that, that's something that sticks out to you when you when you talk about players.
1: I tell you what, the thing that stood out to me the most about Percy Butler on Saturday was this tweet from Chris Sims. Uh, Chris Sims, NFL analyst for NBC Sports and Pro Football Focus. I know that he sometimes says stuff that's like way out there, but Chris Sims on Saturday put out a tweet raving about Percy Butler. Sims on Saturday afternoon, just moments after the commanders drafted Butler, Put out the following tweet, quote, the at commanders got the best pure free safety in the NFL draft in Percy Butler. Dude has tremendous range in center field. He is very good in all areas of coverage, let alone he has three rockets up his butt and can fly. (laughs) He is not all coverage. He is a very good tackler, too. End quote. Uh, So Chris Sims are raving about Percy Butler, best pure safety in the NFL draft. Uh, I sure hope that that's the case. It would be awesome if that's the case. Uh, How about the tight end position? How about this guy, Cole Turner? So the commanders on Saturday took Nevada tight end Cole Turner in the fifth round, pick number 149 overall in the 2022 NFL draft. If the name Cole Turner sounds familiar, it should. The Commanders had had reported interest in Cole Turner. Commanders insider Ben Standing of The Athletic on April 15th reported that the Commanders in the previous week had held a private draft workout for Nevada quarterback Carson Strong and Nevada tight end Cole Turner. Uh, Among those in attendance for the Commanders was offensive coordinator Scott Turner. No relation to Cole Turner. But that report from Ben uh, made us think about Carson Strong. You know, you figured, all right, maybe the commanders do have interest in this guy, Cole Turner. Uh, It turns out that Cole Turner may well have been the target uh, of the commanders having held that private draft workout because the commanders ended up drafting Cole Turner. And Ron Rivera is a very big fan of Cole Turner. By the way, Carson Strong... Not drafted, not taken in the 2022 NFL draft. How about that? So much for interest in Carson Strong. Uh, Cole Turner, like I said, was taken by the Commanders in the fifth round. Pick number 149 overall. So that was one of the two picks that the Commanders got back from the Carolina Panthers in that trade that the Commanders made on day three of the draft on Saturday, Commanders traded a 2022 fourth round pick, pick number 120 overall into 2022 sixth round pick, pick number 189 overall to the Panthers for two 2022 fifth round picks, picks numbers 144 and 149. Overall, and remember, Commanders got that 2022 fourth round pick, the pick number 120 overall, that they traded to the Panthers via the trade with the New Orleans Saints on night one of the 2022 draft as the Commanders traded down the five spots in the first round. Uh, Cole Turner is big. Turner at the 2022 NFL Scouting Combine measured as being 6'6 six, six and a half of an inch and 200. 49 pounds. So he's approaching 6'7, weighs 249. He was a very productive player for Nevada. Turner played for Nevada for four seasons, 2018 through 2021. Turner for his 2021 senior season tied for second in the FBS in touchdown receptions by a tight end to 10. Turner in 20 games over his final two collegiate seasons, 2020 and 2021 had 111 receptions, including 19 touchdown receptions. Think about that. 19 touchdown catches on 111 catches, 17.1% of his catches over his final two collegiate seasons were touchdown catches. Not bad. Like almost one out of every five catches that he had over his final two collegiate seasons was a touchdown catch. But yeah, Ron Rivera is a big fan of Cole Turner. Ron Rivera on Saturday volunteered the following about Cole Turner. Ron was not asked about Cole Turner, but Ron made it a point to say the following.
2: Probably the guy that I, I think is, is very intriguing to us, more so than anybody, is Cole Turner. You know, this is a, a dynamic pass catcher. Um, you know, he's, he, he's played in a spread-style offense. He's a guy that's a big target. has got a tremendous catch radius, uh, runs good routes, and, and knows how to separate it at, 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 at the right time. And so it, it, it's going to be very intriguing as we watch the development and growth of these players, um, you know, from, from this point until we get into the season.
1: So how about that? Ron Rivera, quote, probably the guy that I think is very intriguing to us more so than anybody is Cole Turner. End quote. A notable and unsolicited comment from Ron on Saturday. He likes himself some Cole Turner. Uh, Here was Ron later in the press conference on Saturday on Cole Turner.
2: When you watch the tape and you watch his catch radius, I mean, it's, it's really, really impressive. You know, his, his quarterback, uh, Carson Strong, was, was a young man that you know caught our eye initially. Uh, had an opportunity to watch him, watch his tape, and there was one guy that kept standing out. And, and when you watch him and, 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 and you get an opportunity to, to watch Cole, you, you see the catch radius. You know, Carson's a big, strong guy, and he he threw the ball, threw the ball hard, threw the ball well with touch, threw the ball, you know, deep balls where the guy had to go get him, lay out, make plays. So you saw this tremendous catch radius from a tight end. And so that's what's very intriguing about this, you know, and, 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 and I'm not saying he is, but he reminded me of Greg Olson. When the ball was in his area and he was covered, he had the ability to separate using his body, keeping himself between the defender and the ball. And so, it, you know, when you see flashes like that and, and it reminds you of somebody that's a very good football player, um, you, you feel, wow, this is somebody we've got to continue to watch. And we did, and we followed it, um, put, a lot, put, put, a, put a lot of work into the tape. Uh, we went and had a private workout um, and, and had an opportunity to, to really watch him excel.
1: Yeah, I mean, that was like a love sonnet <laughs> from Ron Rivera, Cole Turner. Keep in mind, right, the Commander's TE1 Logan Thomas is coming off a torn ACL that he suffered in the win at the Las Vegas Raiders in week 13 of last season. That win for Washington at the Raiders last season took place on December 5th. So it is far from a guarantee. It's far from a certainty that Logan Thomas will be good to go for week One of the 2022 regular season. Now, the Commanders do have uh, John Bates, who the team took with a fourth-round pick in the 2021 NFL Draft out of Boise State. And, you know, Bates is known more as a blocking tight end. Bates can catch the football. We did see that last season. But it may well be that John Bates and Cole Turner are the Commanders' top two tight ends at the beginning of the 2022 regular season. Uh also, the Commanders on Saturday took two guys in the 7th round of the 2022 NFL draft. The Commanders took Tulsa offensive lineman Chris Paul in the 7th round with pick number 230 overall and the Commanders took Oklahoma State corner Kristen Holmes in the 7th round with pick number 240 overall. So Chris Paul is interesting. First of all, the name, right? Chris Paul. And he can play guard on the offensive line. So the commanders have a guard named Chris Paul. The wizards do not have a guard named Chris Paul. The wizards do not have the point to God, Chris Paul, uh, CP3. But uh, the commander's Chris Paul is an athletic freak. You know, if you remember in the 2021 draft, Washington went out of its way, seemingly, to draft a bunch of athletic freaks. The commanders did not do that in the 2022 draft, but Chris Paul is a guy with extreme athleticism. Uh, Paul at the 2022 NFL scouting combine measured as being 6'3 and 7'8 of an inch and 323 pounds. Paul registered a relative athletic score, an RAS of 9.45 out of 10. Uh, that ranked number 67 out of 1,198 offensive guard prospects from 1987 through 2022. A relative athletic score, or RAS, is something that was developed by this guy, Kent Lee Platy, who was in the Navy. Uh, he came up with relative athletic score, which grades a player's measurements in NFL scouting combine slash pro day metrics on a 0 to 10 scale compared to this peer group. So you get context for what all of these measurements and uh, workout numbers actually mean. Uh, RAS has gained a lot of steam in recent years. I've talked about it a lot. Last year, I actually had Kent Lee Plattie on the podcast, and we've discussed RAS this year in regards to the NFL draft. But Chris Paul, uh, 9.45 RAS on a scale of 0 to 10. Also, Chris Paul is another guy who was experienced. Uh, Paul was at Tulsa for five seasons, 2017 through 2021. Uh, Paul was a four-year starter for Tulsa. And Chris Paul is versatile. Uh, Chris Paul offers, wait for it, position flex.
2: Position flex.
1: Yes, thank you, Ron. Position flex. Uh, Chris Paul, for Tulsa, played right guard, left guard, right tackle, Left tackle. Uh, tough to be much more positionally versatile as an offensive lineman than that. I guess you could say, well, he didn't play center. Okay, fine. But he played both tackle spots and both guard spots. Uh, as for the Oklahoma State corner, Christian Holmes. Uh, Holmes at the 2022 NFL scouting combine measured as being 5'11 and 7 of an inch and 211 pounds. Another guy with a lot of collegiate experience. How about this? Kristen Holmes was a college football player for six seasons. He didn't want to leave college. (laughs) Kristen Holmes was at Missouri for five seasons, 2016 through 2020, and then played for Oklahoma State in 2021 as a graduate transfer. And that will do it for you and me for now. Keep the feedback coming. You can tweet me, at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al podcast at yahoo.com. Monday's show, episode 305, will get us back to our regularly scheduled programming. But Monday's show will feature much more on the Commanders 2022 draft, as I will have a special guest for you NFL draft analyst Thor Nystrom of NBC Sports Edge. Yes, the mighty Thor will be back on the Al Galdi podcast. Uh, Thor's a great guy. He is excellent at talking NFL draft and college football. And Thor will give us his in-depth analysis of how the Commanders did in their 2022 draft. Uh, Also on Monday's show, I'll talk Capitals. Uh, Their regular season is over. Did not end in the greatest of ways, but the Caps' first-round series in the Stanley Cup playoffs is set. Caps will face the President's Trophy-winning Florida Panthers. I'll talk Nationals of their weekend series at the San Francisco Giants, and I'll talk Orioles of their weekend series against the Boston Red Sox at Oriole Park at Camden Yards. I hope that you have enjoyed this year's special Commander's Draft episode of the Al Galdi podcast. The scheduled emergency is complete. Have a great rest of your Sunday, and I'll talk to you on Monday.
2: I had an opportunity to talk um, you know, with Carson before we made the pick. I wanted to make sure he understood that this is just all about developing a young guy. More so than anything else, he's our number one going forward, and, and he just appreciated the fact that I gave him the heads up.